This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Hallelujah. So, no worship. If you're visiting with us, you may not be used to sort of some of the extended worship that we do. Um, but we, we're very deliberate with our worship. We d- worship is in a warm-up for, for the main event. Worship actually is the main event because it's our opportunity right from the beginning to be embraced by God, to bless Him and to be blessed by Him. And to uh, just exactly as this picture beautifully um, demonstrates, I think, our opportunity to engage with God and to to come into that intimate place. We can boldly approach the throne of grace, which is so, so wonderful. And, you know, worship doesn't have to be something that you sit back and critique and think, well, I don't know, I don't even feel it today. Or, you know, it's your opportunity from the moment we begin to run into his arms by faith. We can boldly run, boldly approach him. And I just loved hearing Brett, you know, talk, singing about running, running, running to you and you meet us because that's exactly, we have the opportunity. We don't have to hide ourselves from him. We don't have to hope that maybe he'll come and reveal himself we can go and have an encounter we can actually go get it hallelujah and and you know we don't have to wait and hope that the Holy Spirit might just do something God is looking for us to approach him in faith believing that this is our opportunity to bless him we can sing directly to him hallelujah and we have the opportunity to bless him which is just a stunning thought I mean we have the capacity to bless God that he's actually vulnerable to us in that his heart gets touched by you singing to him. It's like he doesn't go, oh, well, that's nice. He's like, oh. You know, when your children tell you something, mommy, I love you, daddy, I love you, your heart melts, yes? Fathers, mothers, doesn't even compare to how God feels when you come and you go, here I am to worship. He's like, oh, I love you, baby. I love you. Angels, look at them. They're so beautiful. And we're like, oh, I don't really feel like I'm really offering very much here, but I'm, here I am. I'm just coming to worship you. And he's like, oh, I love you. I'm rejoicing. Everyone's singing. And, and we're like, oh, God, help us. We love you. We love you. And, you know, as we come into more and more revelation about how he feels about us, we get to engage in the truth of what God is actually singing over us, of how he actually feels about us, and the lenses of the lies of religion and uh, false perceptions get stripped away as we embrace the truth of Jesus, as we fellowship with him in the word as we get to know who he is we have a boldness to approach him with an excitement you know my kids know that if they give me a hug or they come to give me a hug they know they're always going to get a reciprocal hug because I'm a huggy person I just and I particularly love it if my kids show me affection but we can they have that absolute confidence there's never a thought in their mind that mum might not want to be hugged 
Um, but we can have that far more so, that God's delight is far more absolute and true. He's not moody. He, he's not temperamental. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you, that fellowship is the joy that was set before him. It's why he endured the cross, so you could boldly come and you could do this. You could come and say, oh, Jesus. And he'd be like, yeah, come here. Hallelujah. Anyway, preach myself happy. <sighs> this is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we say thank you for your great love. Thank you for your kindness to us, Lord. Thank you that we can boldly approach you, Lord. I ask, Father, today, Lord, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. God, that you truly enlighten the eyes of everybody's understanding, Holy Spirit, that everyone here would have a fresh revelation of your great love, of your amazing grace, of your goodness toward us, Lord, that we would know, Father, and believe the truth of what you have done through your sacrifice. Father, we worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. And Father, we thank you that you confirm your word with signs following. Hallelujah. It's exciting just even to hear some of the testimonies from Friday night. Um, you know, I, t uh, Chris got a testimony sent through about a lady's back uh, that was healed to the next day. She was just so excited. And I watch him go after it like a dog after a bone. He's like, won't let go. I'm just going to keep going for this. And and they get healed, which is so exciting. We've been seeing so many people uh, receiving amazing miracles. Hallelujah. Well, Friday, I began to just uh, share what I've been enjoying this week, which is Hebrews 10. And I, as I've just been praying, I really feel just to spend a bit more time there uh, this Sunday. And so I've been reading it in lots of different versions. Remember, the Bible in English is a translation of another language. And we have to be careful to really study it out, to look into it, to enjoy it, and, and um, take time to read lots of different translations. Look at the Greek and Hebrew. If you, you can download an app in the Strongs and just study it out or just look in different um, translations and see what it says. And you now Hebrews 10, to me, is just the gospel in a nutshell. It's just an astoundingly rich chapter. And then you go on to Hebrews 11, and I just look at it and go, Ah, oh, God, you know, it's such a rich feast. Help me to be able to take some more, you know. It feels like, oh, and there's still more. But I, I want to read it to you um, today from the Passion Translation. And there's a few things I really just want to bring out. Hallelujah. Who's that person with a phone? That would be me. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> Noella's looking guilty, but it's not your phone. It's mine. I know. I can hear it. <laughs> That's all right. Lord, bless the person who ever needs it. Hallelujah. Shabbat. <laughs> can we have it up on the screen? Now, I don't normally read such large parts of Scripture, but it's so good. I just have to read it with you because it's delicious. I will, um, who enjoys the Bible like that? Look, if you don't, then I'd encourage you just to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Sometimes, particularly Hebrews, I've read it and not really got it because it's quite a, it's quite a rich, sort of heavy book, really, because it's doctrinally just heavy laden in a, in a wonderful way. But 
sometimes reading it in different translations, you go, ah, now I see it. Ah, I get it. So that's my prayer for you as we have a look at this. Um, it's talking at the beginning about the old covenant and the system of having animal sacrifices brought uh, year by year. But those, those sacrifices had no power to take away sin consciousness. They had, because people's uh, consciences weren't cleansed by the, the sacrifice of animals continuously, because they had no power to take away guilty conscience. They had no power to completely rid us of sin. And so Jesus came, and he came, uh, as it, the Bible says, in the order of Melchizedek, in that though Jesus was born to a priestly line, he came as a king and a priest. Melchizedek actually means king. And he came in a new priestly line, the Bible says, uh, both as standing in the old covenant as part of the other priestly line and in the new covenant, in the order of Melchizedek, as a new, in a, as a new line of priests. And he became the ultimate high priest. And the reason that this is important, that's why a lot of people give up on Hebrews. They go, oh, I don't understand all this Melchizedek stuff. But it's actually a new priestly line meant that there could therefore be a new covenant. And that's what's so exciting. I'm going to just read from verse 5. So when Jesus the Messiah came into the world, he said, Since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I might offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to you, God, I'll be the one to go and do your will to fulfill all that is written in me, of me in your word. Hallelujah. Yay. First he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice, even though the law required them to be offered. And then he said, God, I'll be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces that entire system with the new covenant. You can actually rejoice at any moment. Oh. By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. That's what's different to the old covenant. Instead of like, oh, I had my sins forgiven, but now I'm still a sinner and I have to like, we've actually, we've not only been forgiven of our sin, we've actually been given a brand new nature. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's a moment for worship. Yay! Ah, interactive worshiping message. Hallelujah. That's actually what worship's supposed to look like. You go, oh, yes, hooray! And that's the Father's delight. That's the worship he actually looks for, is people genuinely responding to truth. That's what real worship looks like. Hallelujah. So, but if you look at that, um, it says that he was wounded for our transgressions, which is our sin. He was bruised for our iniquity. And that word in the Hebrew actually means crookedness. He was bruised to take away our crookedness, our crooked definition, our crooked identity. 
and replace it. Hallelujah. Because when we give our lives to Christ, we, when we reckon ourselves dead, by faith we are crucified with him, raised up with him, seated with him in heavenly places. As we lose our life to find his, we become new creations in Christ. Hallelujah. There was the first Adam and out of Adam's side, remember he got put to sleep and out of his side, God opened up his side and brought out Eve, the bride. The second Adam, Jesus, was put not to sleep but to death, but it wasn't a death that was eternal, hallelujah. And just as Adam was a foreshadowing of Jesus being put to death on the cross, having his side split open, blood and water flowed, and out of his side comes not someone of a corrupted nature, but of an incorruptible nature, hallelujah, the bride of Christ. Hooray, yay, happy day, happy day. That's like great news. And, um, and so this is, this is what this is saying. Verse, verse 11, yet every day priests still serve ritually offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take away sin's guilt. But when this priest had offered the one supreme sacrifice for sins for all time, he sat down on a throne at the right hand of God, waiting until all his whispering enemies are subdued and turned into his footstool. And by his one perfect sacrifice, he made us perfectly holy and complete for all time. Ah, no, that's actually more exciting than you're reacting. Ah, it's not something that you will become. It's something that you receive by faith and that you have become. You can look at that in the, new, in the King James and you'll see it too. Very clear. But other translations sort of, it gets a bit muddled. But it's so clear. And over and over again, we don't interpret scripture through one verse only. You look at it through multiple verses and this is the reality. Hallelujah. We've been made clean. And we've had our consciences made clean by the blood of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit confirms this to us by the Scripture. For the Lord says, Afterwards I will give them this covenant. I will embed my laws into their heart and fasten my word to their thoughts. Yay! That's actually your inheritance. So if you're struggling with your thoughts, that's a, war to, a word to war with. Lord, you have fastened your word to my thoughts. So, Father, I just command my soul to come into line with you. I thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help bring to my remembrance. Help me to remember the truth of what you've said. Lead me to be able to wage war with the word that you've spoken and, and deliberately remind yourself, this is who I am. This is how I think. That I have the mind of Christ and I have the word of God fastened to my thoughts. Any thought that then comes into my brain that doesn't line up with who he is has to be taken captive, cast down, and replaced with truth. Hallelujah. Take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. That includes any thought that doesn't line up with the truth of who he is in you. You see, if you're having thoughts about yourself that I'm, oh, you know, I'm lazy, I'm not very spiritual, I'm, I'm this or that. And hey, you may have been behaving in a way that is lazy or selfish, but that when you've become a new creation is not your definition. It's your opportunity to bring like 
foreign currency, exchange in confession. I thank you, God. I've been lazy. I give it to you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your forgiveness. But my definition is not this. My definition is that I reckon myself dead. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Therefore, I am defined by who he is. He is patient and kind. So I'm going to take the next step and by faith, identify with that and say, I am patient and kind. I I am unselfish. I am generous. I am long-suffering. It's, it's, I don't keep record of wrongs. I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. That's not puffed up arrogance. That's the faith that pleases God. You see, so many people have known about Christianity. They've understood a level of the theology, but they haven't taken the next step to actually step into it, identify with it, and become it. You see, we have been living for so long as a body of Christ under the deception that we haven't got what has already been given. It's for freedom that he set us free. But for so long, many people have labored under a bondage that says I'm a bondage to my personality, to my sin, to, to my weaknesses. And the enemy laughs and he goes, ha, 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 they don't see, they don't see. And that's why Paul says, pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because if you know what he's like, you'll know the hope of your calling. You'll know what you look like. You'll understand the greatness of the power towards you. You understand that you are Christ's inheritance and that the world is groaning and longing for you to manifest Christ. Shabbat. And then he says... Verse 17, isn't this yummy? So good. Not the water, the word. And then he says, I will not ever again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Hooray, happy dads. So if our sins have been forgiven and forgotten, why would we ever need to offer another sacrifice for sin? You know, so often we try to punish ourselves for what we've done. You might not realize that you are, you know, mentally doing that, but we have been conditioned as humans to punish ourselves when we do something wrong because we we understand human justice is you do something wrong, punishment needs to happen so that you learn not to do it again. And so we apply that to ourselves. I've done the wrong thing, so I'm going to punish myself by taking myself out of the game, make myself sit in the shame corner and not be shining because I feel like a hypocrite and I'm just going to look, I'm just going to lock myself up for a bit and, and uh, disqualify myself for a bit so that I don't just sort of, you know, somehow um, maybe make light of this sin. And it sounds reasonable. It sounds, sounds reasonable. But it's not actually faith. It's pride. Pride to think that you can pay for what you can never pay for. Pride to think that you can pay for what only the sinless perfect one could pay for. It takes much more faith to believe that I am allowed 
to not feel guilty now that I've confessed my sin and turned away from it. I mean, if you're feeling guilty about something and you're still doing the wrong thing, you should feel guilty. It's a gift from God. Don't let your conscience be seared and don't carry on. Be quick. If there's something you feel guilty about, just talk to God about it. He'll tell you what's going on and then you get the opportunity to confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you. You get to exchange the foreign currency and receive the divine exchange right? Hallelujah. Beauty for ashes. Revelation truth for deception. You just got to hand it over. But so guilt, guilt's a good thing, but not if you hold on to it. You've got to, you've got to let it, you've got to bring it to God. As soon as you feel guilty, go and talk to Jesus. I mean, some of us feel guilty for no reason. I do sometimes. I, I'm just feeling guilty and I don't know why I feel guilty. I watch a movie where someone's doing something wrong and I feel guilty. It's like, but I'll go and talk to God about that. Do I feel guilty? Is there something going on? And I'll, I'll talk to the Lord and he'll, he'll often just show me that actually... You're not guilty. You haven't done anything wrong. Thank you, Jesus. You're actually just wearing condemnation. But then sometimes I'll realize, hang on. Yeah, I'm feeling guilty because I've been having a bad attitude toward that person or I've been doing this. And when I recognize it, I can then bring it to the Lord and say, Father, forgive me. I thank you that you are merciful and kind. And I thank you that this doesn't belong to me. That's not who I am. I give it to you. And I thank you that you forgive me and cleanse me. Ha, Hallelujah. You're very quiet. Listen, we need to recognize the value of being able to walk with a clean conscience. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the wellsprings of life. If you're doing something wrong, just give up and give it to Jesus. Turn from your sin and embrace the, great, the glorious truth of who you actually have been called to be. Hallelujah. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. Hooray. Hey, you won't do that if you feel like a hypocrite. See, that's the ploy of the enemy. If you're making yourself feel bad to try and pay for what you've done, there's no way you're going to come in worship and go, Yay, Jesus, I love you. You're going to come like, Oh, here I am to worship. Oh, here I am. Oh, God, I'm terrible. And, and God's like, Look up. Lift up your heads so I can come in and show you how much I love you. I'm not angry at you. I'm not against you. You've got nothing to fear. I've got everything you need. Now, come on, just give, give me that. That doesn't belong to you here. Here's the truth of what you are. Here's what you look like. We come like, like the prodigal son thinking, oh, I'm so not deserving of being forgiven. And he comes and goes, ah! And we go, ah! What? And then he goes overboard. He like gets the fatted calf and blesses you and gives you authority and says, come on, be a minister, do this, do that. And you go, hang on. You know, it doesn't feel right. So then he says in the book, the Bible, even if your heart condemns you, he's greater than your heart. We've got to stop exalting our emotions above the truth of the word of God. 
Your emotions are not God. God is God and you either choose to believe him or you don't. And then you've been given authority over your emotions to say, hey, soul, why are you downcast within me? Bless God. Forget not all of his benefits. Remember, I said last week, I'm going to make you all preachers. And I want you to be preachers to yourself. Every day, you should be a preacher to yourself first. Preach to yourself. Get up and tell your soul, hey, soul, this is what's going on. This is what you look like. I need to tell you, don't be downcast, soul. Look up. Look at who he is. Let's look at who he is. How lovely is he? Oh, he, is, oh, oh, he is sinless. He is holy. He is beautiful. Do you see how lovely he is? That's what you look like. Oh, I don't feel like that. I was selfish. Well then, tell him, give it to him, and now look at yourself. Do you actually receive what he has given you, or will you go on believing the lie that his sacrifice was not enough? Because if you buy into that, it's just messy and heavy, and you never walk in freedom. You walk continually with a, a, a conscience that, that is sin conscious instead of righteousness conscious. The heart of God is that you would walk clean and free. Hallelujah. That you would live clean and free. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you believe yourself to be, you know, I'm this and I'm that then that's how you'll behave. I'm a hypocrite. I'm not very spiritual. You know, I'm just like hanging in there. You need to talk to your soul and say, hey, soul, it's not about what you've achieved. It's not about what spiritual heights you've got to. It's not about even your encounters. It's about the fact that I put my faith in the Savior and I believe that his blood is enough to make me perfectly whole and clean. I'm going to preach this till you get it. And you're dancing with delight. Hallelujah. Shukabahaba. For he has dedicated a new life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. Hooray. That means you don't actually have to go through all the rigmarole to get into the holy place. You can actually just boldly approach. Like, who do you think you are? Very good question. Who do you think you are? Like, hang on, you can't just boldly go in there. That's like the holy place. You can't go in there. That's only for the priests. Yes. Yeah, it is only for the priests. It's only for the holy sanctified ones. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? He, has said, he said, I've made you kings and priests because as he is, so are we in this world. He, has been, he is a king and he is a priest. And he says, now as I am, so are you. You can boldly come. Oh, he's so good. So good. This is the, the tabernacle of David. The, key, the king can boldly approach. Hallelujah. Mm. It's very exciting. 
And since we now have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience, and now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God inside and out. Yay. Hooray. Happy dance. Look, I'm serious. Like, that's happier than you realize. Because what does it actually feel like to walk around deliberately knowing you have power to speak to your soul and not be moved by how, whatever mood the enemy wants to try and put on you? What does it feel like to not be a slave to your emotions? What does it feel like to not be a slave to a, a, a shame consciousness, a sin consciousness? What does it feel like to actually believe that you are as clean and as holy and as pure as he is? There's a couple of you sort of agreeing with me there, but that's actually what it says. You see, because what fellowship does light have with darkness? You cannot be joined to a holy God with even a trace of sin in you. Therefore, you know, people tried for, for thousands of years. They tried to be holy enough and nothing could give them the holiness enough that they could approach God. But now he says, you can just boldly come in. Because, you know, if, if, this, if the priest had had in the old covenant had had any sin in his life, they had to put bells around their feet just to hear if they were still moving because if they had any sin in them that hadn't been um, you know, dealt with by the animals, then they would be struck dead and the, the bells would stop moving so they'd have to drag them out. We now, you and I, have been given the privilege to boldly come before him, but we come before him not with a, a flippant understanding of things we come before him with a deliberate faith that says because of your great goodness because of your sacrifice Jesus as I have confessed my sin you are faithful and just to forgive me of my sin cleanse me from all unrighteousness so I'm telling you now you need to rejoice in the Lord and again I say rejoice for you have been made perfectly clean and holy This doesn't just result in you feeling happy and good about yourself. This results in you actually being able to receive the love that he wants to lavish on you. And in receiving the love that he wants to lavish on you and knowing that I am your beloved. Here I am, your favorite one. You then have the opportunity to receive everything that your soul craves and longs for and desires. And instead of reaching out to other people to try and get it from them, you are overflowing with joy and with love and with power. Hallelujah. And the world around you gets changed. Okay, I, I'm going to stay on this until you get this so much that you are 
blissfully overflowing with delight. Because in that place, as you think about yourself, as you train your mind, as you train your soul to come into line with the Word of God, ha, ha, ha. As you think about yourself in your heart, so you will be. If you actually believe that as he is, so am I in this world, you will truly, genuinely be overflowing with a... a I've heard Danny Silk refer to it as noblesse oblige, a noble obligation, a sense of, oh, I've been given so much, I just have to give. With a royal, noble oblig sense of obligation everywhere you go, not obligation in a bad way of, oh, I should do this. It's just like, oh, I've got so much, I can see you there. Oh, such as I have, give I thee. And you're not doing it to get any sort of sense of identity, you're doing it because you already have. We see these superhero movies, and everybody loves the superhero movies, like Superman or whoever, Captain America. I don't know. Have we got a Captain Australia? I don't think so. But they like superhero movies because every one of us are actually called to have that supernatural sense of, I've got something special that the world needs. That's why it's appealing. And until you wake up and recognize it, you will not walk in the fullness of the joy that you've been called to. Because the joy of his salvation is that you have become like him in the earth. The joy of your salvation is that you have delightful fellowship with him and you have the privilege to change the world around you. Urabahaba. Verse 23. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us. That means the just shall live by faith, not by accident. The just shall live by faith, not passively, but violently laying hold of what's been laid hold of for us. You've got to violently take it. You can't passively sit back and go, well, yeah, I know that, but today I feel bad. I, you know, I'm just not going to be on today. I'm going to have a me day. I deserve a me day. I do a lot for the kingdom. Today... I just need a me day. You know, I'm, I'm at the shops and I'm, you know, I'm busy and look, some bad things have happened today. And I, you know, I just, I just deserve to have a bit of a me day today. He uses that trick all the time. You, you deserve it. You know, you, you, just, you just keep to yourself today. You, you, you just deserve it. You, you're amazing the way you do things for people other times. But, you know, you just deserve it. And he, he, he lies to us, making us think that somehow we, oh, poor us, I should buy into this pity party thing. Where the, where the heart of God is to say, I am your comforter and I am jealous to comfort you. If you have any lack in you, if there is any need in you, if there is any need for comfort, encouragement, I've got daily bread for you. I've got more comfort for you than you can handle. I've got more love than you can tolerate. You need to pray for supernatural strength, for how much joy I want to pour into you, for how much love I want to lavish on you today. I've got everything you need to fulfill you and encourage you today. And the enemy says, no, you know what? You're going to get it better if you just eat pizza and play video games. 
come into your little cave, you know, or, you know, just, well, girls, just, you know, let's just eat some chocolate and watch some romance movies and you'll feel better. And if he can get you to live a life like that, distracting you from the main event, then at least he's minimizing the impact that the Son of God is going to have on the world. You are a co-heir with Christ. You don't know how special you are. You've been given as a gift. Your life is like a breath. And, you know, whether it be 70 years, 120 years, your life is like a breath compared to eternity, and you have been given as a gift into the earth to be able to manifest Christ and see his glory revealed. And it, it's not your job, it's your delightful joy. And this is the truth, that if you will learn how to take a hold of the truth of God, if you will discipline your soul to come into alignment with his word, if you will open up your heart and say, soul, open up the gates of your heart. Let the king of glory make his face shine on you until you come arising and shining today. I wouldn't leave the house until you've got this sorted out. And you know what? It doesn't have to take five hours. It can take 30 seconds. Look into the mirror. Remind your soul, hey soul, you're forgiven. All of your sin, every trace of your sin has been taken away. You've been given power now to live holy, to live clean. Your thoughts and your motivations are righteous. Your, your attitudes are beautiful. You love well. You are patient. You are kind because Christ lives in you. I reckon myself today dead, crucified with Christ. And I thank you, God, your spirit lives in me. And every person that encounters me today encounters you. Hallelujah. And if you, but if you walk into your day without doing that, the enemy will take advantage and try and fill the, the rolling tape in your mind of the self-talk that he wants you to have. You need to be vigilant. The, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's waiting with his little audio uh, whatever, to pop into your brain and to run through your brain all day long. You try to be good and you try to be this and he's running all the things throughout your, through, through the day in your mind. You, you're just a bit lazy. You're, you're tired. You, you know, you deserve just to be, just look after yourself. Just don't worry about other people. Just, he, he'll put this in deliberately. And that's where you need to go, this is an intruder. I am taking these thoughts captive. They do not belong to me. My mind has been imprinted with the Word of God. I now have the mind of Christ. They are thoughts that exalt themselves against who Jesus is in me. And therefore today, I will remind myself what I look like. I will remind myself, I will tell myself, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice because he has made me pure and lovely. He has washed me clean. I let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say it to yourself day by day. You are the redeemed of the Lord. That doesn't belong to you. That attitude, that personality is not you. It's a sheep dressed up in wolf's clothing and the sheep costume he's wearing looks a whole lot like you. He comes and makes him, he dresses himself up like you and says, oh, you're like this. And you go, hang on, no, I know this. 
that person's already dead. You're an imposter. Get out in the name of Jesus. And if you don't, if you just tolerate it, then you're going to be battling and worn out. And that's how most of us live. Battling, worn out with a fight that we don't even have to have. If we could just recognize what it is, take it captive, cast it down by faith, recognize it and replace it and train ourselves, discipline ourselves. Discipline is not a bad word. The, the Bible talks about us running a race like athletes that have been trained. Hallelujah. And so we're going to get the prize. We've got to deliberately Fix our thoughts on things above. That is what he looks like. Fix our mind. Deliberately keep it set. Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to think about what he looks like because that is my mirror. That is what I look like. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Well, let me just finish reading this because it's so good. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to neglect meeting together as believers, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage each other as we anticipate the day dawning. I mean, he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again, and he wants us to live with eager expectation. You know, you can go through and continue to read uh, Hebrews 10, and I encourage you to do it. It's so powerful, such a powerful chapter. I I don't think I've got this here, but I'm just going to read this last piece. Hallelujah. Verse 38, my righteous ones will live from my faith, but if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. The heart of God is that we would live by faith, that we would live not by a faith that we try to find in ourselves, but by the faith of God that he's already given us. Hallelujah. That we would step into it and say, thank you, Lord. I have your faith. I have your motivations. And today I'm not just going to have it and do nothing with it. I am going to live by it. I am going to live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Deliberately exercising by faith. I exercise the truth of what I look like. When circumstances come and they want to identify you as sick or weak or angry or frustrated, you have to go, hang on, that's not me. Imposter, get out in the name of Jesus. The truth is I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. I am healed by the blood of the Lamb. I am righteous. I am clean. I am pure. I am holy. I am full of love. I am full of power. I am gracious and kind. I am full of the light of God. I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. And everybody who meets me encounters the very atmosphere of heaven because I am seated in heavenly places with him. I'm surrounded by the atmosphere of heaven and I'm walking on the earth as an alien carrying the kingdom of God and every person I meet is going to experience the kingdom of God. I get to manifest Christ on earth, the kingdom of God on earth and signs and wonders are going to follow. Who do you think you are? Really? 
If you hear the voice, you hypocrite, 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 just take a moment. Is there something you're doing you shouldn't be doing? Well, if that's not the case, if it is the case, then just go, sorry, God, I give it up to you. Here it is. Ah, I don't need to do that anymore. I receive your power to be absolutely free from that. I'm not going to labor under the lie that I'm a slave to sin anymore. Ha, hooray. Thank you, God, I'm forgiven. Hooray. Do I feel like a hypocrite? Doesn't matter. Soul, sort yourself out. I'm going to tell you the truth. You are clean by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Seriously, if you will practice this moment by moment, day by day, and you'll encourage each other in it, you'll talk about it, you'll speak to one another and then spur one another on to the live out of the identity that you've been given, this city is going to be transformed very quickly. Hmm. Papa, come. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we bless you. I thank you for your presence. You are such a good father that you have come and you have made us clean. You've made us righteous. You are such a good father that we now look like you. Father, I thank you that the example of who you are is not someone we have to try to live up to, but we receive the DNA, Jesus, of what you say about us. You know, this happens by us actually surrendering our lives giving up our lives to receive his. It happens by us giving him our sin and receiving his mercy. It happens by us believing that he is able to forgive me and cleanse me from all of my sin as I yield myself to him, as I engage in divine exchange, exchanging that which is not pure and holy, that which is unclean, and by faith taking hold of the righteousness of God, by faith believing that he receives me and washes me clean and makes me whole, that's how we become born again. By faith, we enter into his death, resurrection, and his, you know, him being seated in heavenly places. Tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart you are not in fellowship with God, you haven't done that divine exchange where you have given up your life, lost your life to find his, I want to give you an opportunity. You know, a lot of people believe that God exists. But if you don't actually engage in divine exchange with Him, then you are like one that just looks at it and walks away without eating of the table. You are one that, that doesn't come into fellowship with God and come into salvation. Salvation comes by believing on Him, responding to Him, by confessing that He is my Saviour and my Lord. I thank You. I lay hold of that mercy and that forgiveness. As you do that and believe it in your heart, not just do it by form, but believe it in your heart and then deliberately walk it out by faith, you are walking now as a new creation. But it requires a response. You've got to come and say, Lord, I want to respond to your mercy. I want to become a new creation. I want to be born again. I want to enter into forgiveness. I want to enter into fellowship. I want to become a new person. If that's you today and you say, I, I need to respond to the mercy of Christ. I want to be born again. I want to surrender my life and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. 
Would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Just wave your hand. I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. If you're here and you say, I need to respond to the mercy of Christ, just wave your hand at me. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else here? Just wave your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Yes, I see your hand. That's beautiful. That's precious. That's powerful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, right now, all across this room, would you pray this prayer after me? Father God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to be crucified in my place. Right now, I believe that your blood is enough to cover my sin. Have mercy on me, God. I give you my life. I give you my sin. I turn from it and I choose life. I choose you. I declare that you are my God. You are my Saviour. I give you my life and by faith, I receive yours. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your mercy. I receive your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. We say thank you.